0: Welcome to Horror Movie Podcast's Horror Cinema Awards, where we're dead serious about horror movies. We have a bi-weekly show that's released every other Friday, and this is episode 141. It is the second annual Horror Cinema Awards, where the horror community celebrates and honors the very best filmic achievements of the horror genre from 2017. And by the way, you can hear our first ever Horror Cinema Awards back in episode 111. Now, typically on this show, you get in-depth horror movie reviews, especially for new releases with ratings and recommendations to help you decide whether you should buy, rent, or avoid these movies. And I am your host, Jay of the Dead, podcasting from Salt Lake City, and my co-hosts tonight are Dave, Dr. Shock Becker from just outside Philadelphia, PA.
1: And Wolfman Josh and I'll be reading the award for best social thriller tonight. So that's
0: exciting. <laughs> How dare you, sir! <laughs> so um, David is—he uh, was drinking his last of his Saint uh, Barnabas Christmas ales, but then he spilled it. So
2: yeah, so I'm—I'm <laughs> um, I'm a little damp right
3: now. Yes,
2: <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. And like I like I said before we start recording, I always thought it would be a dream to record submerged in beer but it kind of sucks
0: <laughs> that's right yeah well i mean I, I love the ways that you celebrate podcasting and i, I do the same thing i usually do it with the coca-cola and the red can and uh josh uh, and speaking of celebration since this is our horror cinema awards um tell us about this special theme music we got here for this intro
1: yeah it's of course from our what has become our in-house composer kagan Breitenbach. <laughs> so thank you to kagan for that it's uh I guess that's that's horror award show music is what you're hearing there. So that's exciting.
0: That's amazing. Thank you, Kagan. Okay, guys, let's get this underway. Um, Before we get into anything else, getting into awards and so forth, let's just talk about the horror cinema of 2017. Just some uh, general thoughts. It was a pretty remarkable year. I remember in 2016, we were raving about the horror cinema of 2016. And honestly, I think this year has held up pretty well. What say you, uh, Dr. Shock?
2: Absolutely. I would agree. Uh, Things come in waves where you get one great year and then maybe you get a few off years. But this has been two strong years in a row. And I'm hoping it uh, continues. I'm really hopeful from what I heard from uh, Kagan and Josh talking about uh, what was coming out of Sundance. And hopefully those get released this year. Those sound very interesting. So it looks like it might just be continuing right into 2018. I can't wait.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: What about you, Wolfman? What do you say?
1: Yeah, I think it was an excellent year. I mean, I do think, I think there were more films that I was really blown away by in 2016 than in 2017. But I think, I think we did reach some new heights in 2017 for me. So it's been exciting. I mean, I think overall year to year, it's been a, it's a, been a very good decade for horror, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, horror yeah. cinema is on the rise, and I think we, as has been said on the show several times, I think we might be in a golden age of of horror right now. So it's very exciting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and for me in 2017, I mean, I I ended up seeing uh, some of my uh, favorite horror films that I've seen in a long time. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It's weird to say. I mean. We love horror cinema, there's no doubt about that, but sometimes sifting through <laughs> some of the rougher stuff in order to find the gems, sometimes it's a little more of a, a labor of love, but I, lately, I mean, these past couple of years, I, I feel like um, most of the stuff I'm seeing, and, and granted, I I really do try to be selective because you only have so much time. I don't get to watch every single release, obviously, but most of the stuff I'm seeing, I'm very impressed with.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely.
0: Now, uh, there's been a lot of talk here about um, you know the, the categorization, and and once again, like in our previous episode, in our first horror cinema awards, we really spent a lot of time reflecting on how, um, like in in the Academy, it, it seems like the, they're reluctant to recognize and honor horror. But but now this year. We have the Academy Awards and um, we have a few films that are in the running. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I think definitely a film like Mother or a film like Get Out or a film like The Shape of Water, while horror fans are going to spend some time arguing about whether or not these are horror films. I think broadly we can say these are all within a general horror classification. They all definitely borrow elements from um, the horror genre. They all are clearly inspired by the horror genre. And they're all made by filmmakers who love the horror genre. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so I think we're seeing these types of films recognized in a way that we really haven't before. Of course, Aronofsky was recognized for Black Swan, which is great. Um, But, you know, I think Guillermo del Toro, for instance, is a filmmaker who's long overdue for the kinds of accolades we're seeing him get this year, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that it thinks it's a shame that it wasn't for maybe something even a little more horrific than the shape of water, you know, one of his more overtly horror films. Right. And there's a part of me that's, you know, cynical that says, well that's the only reason that they they're willing to grant him uh keys to the kingdom on this one is because, you know, he's made a less explicit horror film than he has mm-hmm. maybe in the past, but I don't know. I I'm just so overjoyed to see a monster you know, at the Academy Awards, I'm so excited to see a, a film like Get Out, whether you're not, you know, you know, Jordan Peele's, I think, felt some pressure to call it a social thriller. Uh, he has done that on several occasions. He's also been happy to call it a horror movie on other occasions.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: Darren Aronofsky has said, well, definitely there's horror in Mother. I, you know, I think I make films that defy genre. And I think you actually see that with all three of these filmmakers. I think they are crossing genres in a lot of ways. But Mm -hmm. super excited to see horror get the attention that it deserves finally. I think. The, you know, the other part of me that feels a little bit of frustration is, is the part that says, well, look, you know, 2016, in my opinion, was maybe even a better year horror than this year. And people in the mainstream are acting like, wow, horror is good for the first time ever. And I, that, mm-hmm. that bugs me, that, that rubs me the wrong way a little right. bit, yeah. you know, and then there is, there are a lot of us who are afraid to call these films, horror movies, you know, and whether that's, you know, we're sticklers for genre classification Or, you know, in the mainstream, if they just don't want to accept that they like a horror movie, you know, I had this experience. I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but um, I had this experience where my in-laws had seen Get Out very early in the run, like day one or two. And they have never been to a horror movie in their lives, as far as I know, you know, (laughs) they went and saw Get Out because they heard about it on NPR, you know, and they're like, this sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh and I was talking to them about it after they saw it, and they're like, "Well, that wasn't really a horror movie, though." I said, uh, "Yeah, that was a horror movie," and they're like, "Well, it wasn't. It wasn't campy." And I thought, "I'm this close to strangling you right now."
3: <laughs>
1: oh,
0: so, so that's a very interesting point. So it sounds like, and I think this is true too from my experience with people people have horror in this little box and I bet some of the listeners would argue that I do the same thing and maybe that's true, (laughs) but, but people have horror in this, like they have their, I, their own definition of what they think it is, their own perception. And I I guess we all do, but, but yeah, it's, it's a little broader maybe than, than the average moviegoer will recognize.
2: Now, the only thing that concerns me, Josh had sent out, um, Um, you know, links to a few articles and there was one in, um, vulture. I want to say the headline is some Oscar older Oscar voters are snubbing get out without even watching the film. Mm. And what it is is they, they talk to, um, a younger voter who has just recently come on. And he says, he said, uh, I had multiple conversations with longtime Academy members who were like, that was not an Oscar film. And he says, well, that's, these as BS watch it. Honestly, a few of them had not even seen it. And then were and they were saying it. So, the, so basically they're, they're saying it's not an Oscar film and they're not even bother watching it. Now, maybe you could get away with that with a film that is nominated maybe for production design or sound editing. This one's been nominated in some pretty big categories. Mm-hmm. Right. And just dismiss it outright from some sort of bias of, you know, and when you look at, I mean, Jay, when we did the Best Picture podcast, I mean, if if we had gone on with that, we would have seen like even back in the 80s, mm-hmm. family family drama was where it was at. If it wasn't a family drama. Right. I mean, you, well, even in the late 70s, Kramer versus Kramer, Terms of Endearment, um, Ordinary People, all of these movies were winning the Oscar and they never really went outside. I mean, Science of the Lambs was as far, you know, that was when they finally sort of embraced it. But you get all these voters now who are saying, Yeah, this isn't this isn't an Oscar film, and they're not even bothered watching it, but you know they're still voting for best picture. You know they're still voting for best actor and best director mm-hmm. and best screenplay. Yeah. And I think that's 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 really pathetic. Right. You know, that they're not yeah. even willing they're not even willing to just sit down and watch it. There's this bias against it that they don't even want to bother.
0: Well, you and I, um, Dr. Chuck, because we've we love the Academy Awards so much, mm-hmm. like in terms. That's why we did the Best Picture podcast, right. For a while, um, well, for three episodes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's right. interesting <laughs> to me is, well, those three episodes took a lot of work, people. Just so you know, it was extensive. They yeah, They, they, they <laughs> seemed, It
2: seemed like more than three. It seemed like at least four, maybe
0: five. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, but but the point though is that honestly, I, I think that we've seen a lot of. Um, quote-unquote Oscar-worthy films, some some really fine cinema. And I, I'm just going out there on a limb, not even on a limb. Um, Josh is going to say, duh, no kidding. But but honestly, I don't believe that Get Out is just nominated in all these ways strictly because of its social importance. I think it's it's worthy um, for nominations because of its social importance. But I think even in its technical achievements I think it's a fine film, even setting aside the social importance. What say you, oh, Josh yeah. or Dave?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's a fantastic film. I mean, I I think the fact that we're seeing mainstream audiences being able to go to this and having the hair blown back a little bit and just saying, wow, I haven't seen anything like that before. And I think part of that is, well, you haven't been watching good horror films, but I think another part of that is, well, yeah, it's doing something pretty unique. It is a film for our time. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Jordan Peele tapped into something that he saw in the culture and related that to horror, just like all of the best horror filmmakers have done for generations from George Romero, you know, and on and on. So I think, you know, he is doing something very unique, but at the same time he follows in the footsteps of a lot of, other horror filmmakers that have been using this genre to tell important stories and to make social commentaries for generations.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah.
1: There so- was uh, you know, the Hollywood reporter does this thing every year, I suppose. I don't know how many years it's been going on, but they talk to a voting member of the Academy anonymously so that they can get their true feelings about how they think about the movies without any, you know, of the kind of fakey types of right. know, media responses you get if on like a red carpet, for instance. Oh. You know, they just they just say, listen, we won't tell anyone who, who you are. Give us your unvarnished opinions. And I thought it was really telling the the stuff. I mean, he was this guy was a total troll and I would like to fist fight him. But so he he was <laughs> he was tough on all of the films but yeah. i think what he said about get out was really telling to you know to me they were talking within the best director category and you know his one line about jordan peel is get out is well done but let's not get carried away and i think that coupled with you know the sentiment that dave shared about how these older academy voters aren't really willing to even watch the movie i think people are willing to say well okay it's having a, a moment and so we're going to give it a nod for its social importance but we're not seriously considering this. I mean, come on, it's a horror movie. Like,
3: mm-hmm. and I
1: think that really bothers me as well. You know? And I, and I realized this guy's opinions just
2: would not match my own. When, when he said about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, that you, it, you, it seemed false and you don't believe the characters. Um, I was thinking, what movies is this guy watching? I mean, it fine- I, right. I read that, say you know, cause you sent us that link as well. And, I mean he was very big on, on um shape of water, which I thought was pretty cool.
0: I think what we've said here about it being um disregarded or dismissed because it being horror, I, I think there's a a little bit of evidence to that because somebody might say, and and maybe you guys disagree, but somebody might say, Well, it, it's just it's dismissed because of the racial importance and, and, and like the things that are in there, like you know maybe maybe there are uh racist academy voters and maybe there are i'm not saying that but what i'm saying is like the the color purple for example that was nominated for uh, 11 oscars i mean that did very well 12 years a slave did very well so i guess my my only point is it's not that you know it's not that films with um with black actors are necessarily y- y- dismissed or anything because there have been big winners but no, it, exactly. It but, seems but, like that it's horror that they're dismissing.
2: Exactly, I think that's what it is. I think that my biggest fear is that they're just going to say, "Get out! You just be happy it was nominated." And and in these two right. articles, that's the feeling I'm getting from these people. They're saying, "Hey, you know what? Um, the nomination is the award for this film, and yeah. it shouldn't be. This thing should walk walk away with at least one Oscar." But I get the feeling that I, I, there's a strong, strong chance it will walk away with none on Oscar night, and I think that's a damn shame. Now, on the flip side, I think Guillermo del Toro's, you know, The Shape of Water is not going to be ignored, um, and I think it's for what Josh said; it's more accessible to Academy voters. Uh, you know, this is this is um, uh, a monster movie that is the look at it as more as a romance and a drama. And I think that they can embrace that and, and and those ideals from it. Um, And that's why this one has a good chance. I don't know that there's any runaway, you know, for best picture. I really don't. And I think we've seen in past years, they can surprise us with that category. And in this year I can't gauge it, Um, but I would be a little surprised if the El Toro does not win for best director, because I think this could be, you know, his time.
3: Hmm.
0: That's interesting.
1: Well, <sighs> I, I would like to make one comment about what you said about them, not recognizing or, or recognizing black mm-hmm. filmmakers and, and actors. Cause they, I don't think they've been recognized a whole lot more than, than horror films. You know, <laughs> that's true.
0: Yeah. It's not sufficient. Right. It's yeah, they haven't I mean, been recognized enough. I think
1: we're, we've seen, I'm, you know, and this is just scanning over Wikipedia. So I'm not positive exactly how accurate it is, but I'm I'm seeing here about 36 African Americans who have ever won an Academy award.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's not a lot, you know, I mean, you know, in the, in the history right. of the Academy awards to say 36 African Americans have won. And that is including all of the musicians like Prince who won for purple rain, or Quincy Jones for the color purple music mm-hmm. or, you know, Herbie Hancock for having music, <laughs> you know, that, that it's, it's including all of those people as well. It's not just, you know, if we're actually talking filmmakers, I think Jordan Peele is only the fourth or fifth black director to ever be nominated. Yeah. So that's not too great out of, you know, 86 or whatever. What are we at this year? 90, 90, 90. This, yeah. this is the 90th. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but so, it's so I, I, I do think, mm-hmm. um, I do think they've had a problem actually recognizing black films and filmmakers. I do, but I do think they're at least aware of that now. You know, we had the Oscars So White stuff a, a few years ago, and I right. think since then they've made a concerted effort to kind of say, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe we should uh look a little bit deeper here. And we saw Moonlight, of course, win last year, and so I, I think that they're at least on the lookout for you know to to get some nominees in there but wow. um i i think you're right i think um horror they don't care to honor i don't think mm-hmm. that these films are recognized because they're horror films i don't think they're saying we've been a little uh dismissive of horror we should we should look a little bit deeper there no i mean the reason these films are nominated are because Guillermo del Toro and Darren Aronofsky and George Peele did a really good job with their films and they were able to overcome the stigma mm-hmm. of being horror films, uh, not because the Academy is more inclusive now. Right. I mean, just in the comment that you, that your in-laws made Josh of, of, Oh,
0: it's
2: not campy. A lot of people when they are thinking horror, that's what they're thinking. And maybe they're going back to the, the, the eighties, you know, or, mm-hmm. or something where it's just, Yeah, you know, I there were no horror
1: films nominated in the '80s that I'm aware of. We had this article that another one I linked to from Jason Zinneman, who I think we're lucky enough to have as a juror this year on the Horror Cinema Awards. So I'm excited about that Um, from the New York Times. But he wrote this article: Why are we ashamed to call Get Out in The Shape of Water horror films? And he kind of goes, you know, through this exercise of saying. You know, for many years, horror has been shorthand for cheap and unreal and bad. The genre has garnered more critical respect today, but the tradition of dismissing it remains alive. And he kind of talks about, here's a section I'd like to read. He says, there's a long history of movies being too good to be considered horror. Brian De Palma said he never thought of Carrie, his movie based on Stephen King's novel as horror. William Friedkin has also rejected the label for The Exorcist. In his review of Jaws, Roger Ebert called it an adventure movie. With the New York Times, Vincent Canby described it as science fiction. When Rosemary's Baby, an inspiration for Get Out, premiered, the Los Angeles Times critic Charles Champlin panned it as sick and obscene before adding bluntly in a subsequent essay that it was too well done for a horror movie. <laughs> you know, and I think we mm. get that kind of reaction a lot.
0: Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, people could argue. Just, I, I won't go into this here. I promise, I'll spare the listeners. I mean, people could argue that uh, Michael Shannon's character is the monster of uh, the Shape of Water, of course. But I right. think the tone of that suggests more of a romance, even though it does have a quote-unquote monster in it. But, um, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't think in in that in case of that film. See that one, I could see, but but yeah, get out. I I just can't understand not calling that horror. I can't see it.
1: Well, we had um you know another podcaster that I mentioned recently. He's at Hellbent for Horror podcast, and he is behind the hashtag Say Horror movement. And we talked about that on another recent episode, but I just wanted to bring it up again Um, because you know we may have different listeners for this particular episode there's this this online movement, particularly on Twitter, to try to encourage Guillermo del Toro and Jordan Peel to say the word "horror from the pulpit you know from from the stage should they win an academy Award to acknowledge horror you know because they have both um you know del Toro has made a monster movie he's happy to talk about it as a monster movie, as you've said, Jay Peel has made you know what he's happy to call a social thriller. They both acknowledge the horror roots, but I can understand from their point of view it is uncomfortable. They don't want to lose their chance at an award, you know. Mm -hmm. They don't want to maybe lose their chance at having successful careers because we know, you know, from people like Wes Craven. Once you're a horror director, it's very hard to get out. You know, you can no pun intended Mm -hmm. get out. That was great. um, You know, it's very difficult to to not be seen as that once you've done it, you know, and a lot of horror directors have, have tried to stretch their wings a little bit and do something a little bit different. And uh, we're not given that opportunity. And, you know, and so we love these guys. We want to see them keep making films regardless of what they're calling their movies. But, you know, Mm -hmm. as horror fans, it's hard to not want to see that respect for the genre as well, because we know that they know, like, I know Jordan Peele knows horror movies are excellent in quality But he's scared to say it, and I understand why, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, well, and and I still think, I mean, returning to some of my sentiments from last year, that just because, you you know, genre-wise, because it's like a step up from pornography, you know, I I think that's another reason why it's just dismissed. I mean, how many, Dr. Shock, you're the encyclopedia here. I mean, how many, like, porno films or, like, NC-17 films have won oscars i mean right the last uh, i mean
2: midnight cowboy was rated x at the time Mm -hmm. um but that's since been re-rated r and that was the only x-rated movie to win best picture but there really was no reason to rate that movie an x let's be honest it was um you know I, i there was a there was a movement at that time actually um to to get it rated x because they were afraid that it's Homosexual themes would influence younger people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually read that somewhere um, from from somebody at at the time. So you know that that's a whole different way of thinking it, at that point. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you 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 know you don't you know deep throat or or
0: uh, you know
2: uh, Wanda Whips Wall Street or anything like that. You're not you know <laughs> well, um,
0: Last Tango uh, in Paris. I see is nominated for two. It was nominated yeah. for best actor and best director, but it did not win an Academy
2: Award. No, no, it did not. No, it didn't. But that one and that one is as close. You know, I, I shouldn't say. that. I mean, some there are some definitely erotic mm-hmm. films, right? Um, that that have that have come down the pike, but I don't. You know, that they're, they're not. It's it's maybe along the same lines as as horror. I mean, it, it depends. Yeah. You can do you can do eroticism artistically. Mm-hmm. They probably put um, horror and pornography, mm-hmm. sometimes on the same level. You know, they yeah. they think of it as exploitation. They think of it as like not an Oscar movie. And there's an arrogance to that. I think that that until the new blood sort of comes in and it seems like they're getting new voters now, we're never going to overcome that.
0: But here's what's interesting about that, Dave, is that um, one time I did this uh, research and I apologize for not having the exact numbers of the findings here but um when when you look over like the best picture winners basically and and particularly i went back to like when was pg13 implemented like 1982 83 84 okay yeah 84 yeah, yeah so uh, when you look back like the majority like most in terms of nominees and winners for best picture the majority were r rated films and then and then it, you know fewer were PG-13 and fewer still were PG and like, like, you know, hardly any were G rated. So I think that's interesting in terms of like the quote unquote uh, um, objectionable content, uh, you know, where we go with that stuff. Like it doesn't go, you know, super far into like porn or horror. But
2: that's true. I mean, you know, some, some movies have, I mean, I remember in Kramer versus Kramer, there's a pretty, there's a gratuitous nude scene in Kramer versus Kramer they were able to overlook that and look at the movie as a whole and say, hey, well acted, strong story here, you know, about a father fighting to, to save to get his child. But for some reason, when it comes to horror or something, they, they just can't get over that and say,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and 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 obviously some voters can't even give it a chance,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and, and these are the big awards. They're going to vote without having seen all of the movies. And I thought that was one of the rules that if you didn't see all the movies, you you, you can't vote. And you know they're not, the these people are not going to give up a chance to vote for best picture, for best director, for best actor.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> do, do we, so do we, do we have those rules for our uh voters on, on this panel where you have to have seen all the movies? I mean, we obviously we'd like everyone to, but if we implemented such stringent requirements
1: no not as of yet i mean i think you know this is only our second year and we're starting it in podcast form i think as we move forward and formalize the awards more and more you know we will come up with new rules we're kind of learning as we go along as i'll explain when we get to that portion of the show maybe i'll do it now mm-hmm. you know we uh last year we came up with the nominees out of the pool of the top top 10 horror movies from our lists and the horror movie podcast listeners lists. And the reason we chose to go that route is because we just kind of came up with the idea late in the year. And, you know, there wasn't really time to to do anything else this year. I wanted to allow all of our jurors to make those nominations. And because I, you know, I think the idea with the horror cinema awards, which differs from our top 10 lists, which we've already done is that this is a broader spectrum of the horror community. It's not just our community. Mm-hmm. There is representation for our community, but it's bigger than that. And so I love that movies that we even on our show have debated. Well, is this film a horror film? We've had, we've done it tonight with the shape of water. I don't really consider this one, a horror movie. We kind of made those distinctions for ourselves on our show, but I didn't, I let the, the jurors, we picked them because they were prominent figures in the horror community. And we said, you know, this is subjective, everyone's different. You choose whether or not the films you want to nominate and you you can be the judge of whether or not this is horror. And I think we got some really interesting nominations out of that that we maybe ourselves wouldn't have picked. I think then what happened though is we hadn't made a rule about how many nominations there were going to be. And so I think um there were several situations where oh, we have 13 nominees. Uh that's a lot of nominees. And so kind of going by the Academy's best picture. I said, well, let's cap it at 10 and I'll just put the ones on the list that got the most votes, Mm -hmm. you know, because we had over 30 jurors. And so we have a potential 30 nominees, you know, for each of these categories. And so, um, you know, I just, uh, we hadn't discussed that stuff. And so I had to kind of improvise when I realized that was the case. And so going forward, I think one of the problems with that was this year is the, the big movies got their votes that they were always going to get. And the smaller films are very divided. You know, we had eight movies, each get only one vote. Right. And so I think having too many nominees actually leans toward the bigger name movies being the winners is my fear. And so I think we should maybe talk about going forward, you know, let's limit the nominees to six or eight or whatever. And I think we just need to, Will become more and more formalized as the awards grow. Mm-hmm. we do intend to do this for a long time. And so mm-hmm. um we're learning as we go. But yeah, so one of the rules I told the jurors, we would like you to see as many of these as you can. I've listed, you know some of these are available on Netflix right now. A lot of them were. Try to catch them. I can get you filmmaker screeners to a couple of these, but not all of them because we're a new awards show. Um, but, you don't have to have seen everything to vote. And a lot of our jurors didn't vote if they didn't feel comfortable voting in a category like um, foreign horror, for instance, we had a lot of people not vote because they didn't feel they were qualified to vote. And mm-hmm. so we, you know, and then, or Jay Lender, who is the co-writer co-director of they're watching um, you know, he actually decided you know what i really wanted to participate in this but i don't feel like i've seen enough of these nominees to participate at all so he self-selected to not be a juror this year which is great and respect fine and, you know
0: right respect
1: that's the right choice right mm-hmm. yeah right. so yeah. um but yeah but we did not enforce that they had seen all the films okay
0: so, that's interesting
1: that was a very long answer but I, I was kind of hitting a few other topics as well
0: oh i loved it okay well uh, so I know you just kind of gave an overview though. I mean, so if this is people, if this is their first time, it sounded like you, you set it up. Was there anything else that you would want to tell a first time listener to the horror cinema awards? Any, any, you
3: know,
1: just hopefully they can tell from listening to this conversation that we are dead serious about horror movies and we mm-hmm. want to see these <laughs> films, um, well represented and get the recognition that they deserve. And I think there are a lot of films, um, that maybe weren't our favorite films overall that maybe we even gave a a low score to when we rated them like a five out of 10, but the cinematography was excellent. And I want, I love the horror cinema awards so we can recognize those elements of the films Mm -hmm. uh, that maybe otherwise wouldn't get recognized. So I'm, I'm really excited about the horror cinema awards Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we go out of our way to get a good jury together. The process for that again, it's evolving, but the idea is that we, we go out to people, all over the horror community, whether it's filmmakers, whether it's bloggers, whether it's podcasters, whether it's artists who design posters, people who are actively engaged in horror. And we asked you know, them to be jurors. And, we're, and the juror system is, um, for me, preferable to the academy system at the stage that we're at. Um, You know, and and we're following kind of the the model of the Cannes Film Festival, Sundance Film Festival, how their number of jurors fluctuates year to year, and they just kind of get the best people they can get that year. And it doesn't have to be a set number, but it's, you know, in the 20 to 30 area and that's what we're doing in the 20 to 30 area mm-hmm. and um maybe eventually we'll solidify an academy but as of now we don't have one the, the closest thing to that i guess are that we as the hosts of horror movie podcasts who are presenting the awards we give each of ourselves a vote every year and then this year um and then last year we've decided to bring in our listeners of the year from horror movie podcasts, the people who have won the listener of the year award and, mm-hmm. and, and the kind of one of the things they win, I guess, is they get to, they're allowed to vote as jurors. And so those are the people who are represented from our community. That totals eight of what I think are 33 jurors this year. So I, I think it's a, it's a good number and um yeah, I'm excited about it.
0: That's excellent. Yeah. And, and Josh was uh, very kindly uh including uh Dave and me as he was saying, we, but I just want the listeners to know that Josh is for both years, the first year and this year, uh, this has been Josh's baby and he's done a remarkable, incredible amount of work. I mean, basically he's, he's done it all, huh, Dave? So like we were, yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. We're grateful. We're
2: we're absolutely very grateful. Very (laughs) grateful because I I look forward to these. Um, after last year's, I was looking forward to them again this year and he's done, uh, an even better job this year, I think, with with uh, with getting these things together.
0: Yes. And one other thing I wanted to say, and you, you kind of hit on this, Josh, and this is something I like about the Horror Cinema Awards. People are going to think, you know, they might take this a, a different way. But what I'm trying to say is in our top 10 list, you really get like our preferences. But as Josh said, this is bigger than us. It's the horror community, even outside of the HMP horror community. And so, some of the nominees, um, the some of the things people were picking and voting for were like, we're like, really? Like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know going to pick. But it's interesting because, you know, you have those different perspectives. So, it's,
1: yep. it's cool. Look, it, it, there's no world in which <laughs> Happy Death Day would end up on a ballot for anything that I'm doing. So, the mm-hmm. very fact that that was nominated, <laughs> let alone garnered many votes I think shows the lengths we're willing to go to, to kind of like really try to represent the horror community rather than ourselves.
0: Right. Exactly. So, so yeah. So with that said, uh, Josh, would you like to introduce the panel?
1: Yes. I'm very happy with our panel of jurors this year. We will have bios and contact links for all of these people in the show notes at HorrorMoviepodcast.com. I'm just going to run down really quickly and give you a brief idea of who each of these people are. First, in our Filmmakers category, we have William Brent Bell. He's the writer, director, and editor of horror films such as Stay Alive, The Devil Inside, were, the really cool werewolf movie, and one of Jay's favorites, The Boy, on Twitter, at WMBrentBell. Next, we have Clay Staub. He started as a second unit director on Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's 300, and the prequel reboot of The Thing. He made his directorial debut on this year's The Devil's Gate for IFC Midnight. He's on Twitter at Clay Next we have Jimmy George. He's the co-writer and producer of the cult classic WNUF Halloween special. Also, Call Girl of Cthulhu. And the upcoming What Happens Next Will Scare You. He's on Twitter at Jimmy R. George. We also have Jamie Nash. He is the writer and director of the totally insane Christmas horror film Two Front Teeth. He's also a writer with Eduardo Sanchez of Eduardo's Films Exists, Altered, Seventh Moon, a film I love, Lovely Molly, of course their segment on VHS2. He's on Twitter at Jamie underscore Nash. We have Micah Wright, who has a long list of credits, but in horror has worked as a co-writer and co-director with Jay Lender on 2016's They're Watching, which was the winner of our 2016 Laugh Till It Hurts Award on Twitter at Micah Wright. Then we have Adam Stilwell. He's one of the writer, director, producer, and stars of last year's The Triangle, which was nominated for Best Horror Ensemble in 2016 on our award show. He's on Twitter, at Adam Stilwell. Then we have Mick Strawn. He's a production designer, art director, and special effects director on films such as Dream Warriors. Yes, Dream Warriors of the Dream Master, Witchboard, Candyman, Critters 2, Buffy the Vampire Slayer television series tales from the dark side and freddy's nightmares you can find him on the dream warrior review on youtube and podbean and connect with him on facebook and lastly we had a pinch hitter because we did have a couple of people drop out and some last minute replacements help us out the intention was to have all new people each year but i think we had about five people who ended up not being able to do it and so we had a couple of pinch hitters come in This guy was a juror last year. He's a friend of the show. He's been a guest two times. That's Matt Greenberg, the writer of many Stephen King adaptations, including 1408. He also wrote scripts for Halloween H2O and Reign of Fire. So thank you to Matt Greenberg. Next in our horror community section, we've got a bunch of critics, podcasters, and artists. First, Susanna A. Russell. She's a writer and editor at storiesforghosts.com. Horror for the discerning fan, she's on Twitter at storiesforghost. Then we have Becky Belzile. she's a writer at bloodydisgusting.com and audienceseverywhere.net. She's on Twitter at bexbz. Then we have Heather Wixom, she's the managing editor for Daily Dead News at dailydead.com. She's the author of the makeup effects book Monster Squad, celebrating the artists behind cinema's most memorable creatures. You can find her on Twitter at The Horror Check. Then we have Kelly Trash, she's the host and producer of the Coming to Get You podcast at CTGYpodcast.com. You can find her on Twitter at rayoninwrites. Next up, Mike Munzer, who's the host of the Evolution of Horror podcast, which you can find at evolutionofhorror.libsen.com. He's also a producer of freelance video content for BBC, BFI, and much more. Find Mike on Twitter at the Movie Mike. We have Paul SH, editor of Schlockhorror.com. Find Paul on Twitter at Schlockhorror. Then we have Jonathan Barkin. He's the managing editor at dreadcentral.com. Find Jonathan on Twitter at Jonathan Barkin. Next we have the aforementioned Jason Zinneman. He's a critic and columnist for the New York Times. You can find Jason on Twitter at Zinneman. And lastly, for this section, we have Eileen Steinbach. She's a designer, artist, illustrator at SG Posters at sg posters.com. You can find her on Twitter at sg posters. She does amazing work. In our next section here, we have some horror academics. Up first, we have Tanana Reeve-Dew. She's a multi-award-winning dark fiction author and educator. She famously teaches a Black Horror Cinema course at UCLA on The Sunken Place, where Jordan Peele has shown up twice and surprised the students with a lecture and Q&A. That video's online. It's really great. You can find her on Twitter at Tanana Reeve-Dew. Then we have Howard David Ingham. He's a writer and educator. He lectures at place I would love to have attended, Miskatonic London, the Institute of Horror Studies. He writes about folk horror and pagan horror in cinema and television at his blog, Room207Press.com. His forthcoming book, We Don't Go Back, A Watcher's Guide to Folk Horror, is due for release in 2018. You can find him on Twitter at HowTheWoodMoves. Next on our jury is Claire C. Holland. She's a writer, poet, and cinephile. She's the author of the horror poetry collection, I Am Not Your Final Girl. You can get the ebook for only 99 cents, so no excuses, but why not order a hard copy? You can find her on Twitter at Claire C. Writes. And then again, we have two pinch hitters here, two guys who were on our jury last year who were able to help us out when some other people weren't able to complete their commitment here on the jury. Thank you so much to these two jurors, Dr. Arnold T. Bloomberg. You've seen him in horror documentaries like The 50 Best Horror Movies You've Never Seen, The Walkers Among Us, and Doc of the Dead. You can find him on Twitter at Doctor of the Dead, And our good buddy Carl Sederholm, who's an H.P. Lovecraft scholar and author of the book The Age of Lovecraft. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Sederholm. Again, links and bios for all of these people in the show notes at HorrorMoviePodcast.com. Now we're to our horror movie podcast community and our listeners of the year. We have Kagan Breitenbach, who does so much of the music you hear here on the show, including the music you hear on this episode. You can find him at KaganBreitenbach.com or on Twitter at KRBreitenbach. We have Peter Strain, who's an incredible artist. He was featured as a juror last year. Just as part of the horror community, but he's become a listener of the year this year on Horror Movie Podcast. Thanks in part to the beautiful t-shirts he designed for the show. You can find his work at peterstrain.co.uk or on Twitter at peter underscore strain. Then we have another awesome artist listener of the year who designed an HMP t-shirt. His name is Willis Lucero. Check out his Etsy shop at etsy.com shop armoredfoe. And you can find him on Twitter at armoredfoe. Then we have Ashley Gagan, aka slashly G. You can find her on Twitter at slashly G. We have Mark Cunningham, aka Redcap Jack. You can find him online at redcapjack.blogspot.com or on Twitter at redcapjack. And finally, for our listeners of the year, we have Jason Talley, aka Sal Roma. You can find some of his writing on the HMP and UMC websites, or on Twitter at JTally986. And with Jay, Dave, and I making up the rest of the panel, that is our list of jurors for the 2017 Horror Cinema Awards. So let's get to it with our first set of nominees. Jay, if you would do us the honor.
0: So the nominees for Best Actress in a Leading Horror Role were Emma Booth, Hounds of Love, Carla Cugino, Gerald's Game, Olivia DeHong, Better Watch Out, Ellie Harbo, Thelma, Jennifer Lawrence, Mother, Garance Marie, Raw, Kiernan Shipka, The Black Coat's Daughter, Kristen Stewart, Personal Shopper, Catherine Walker, A Dark Song, Suki Waterhouse, The Bad Batch. And the winner for Best Actress in a Leading Horror Role is Carla Cugino, Gerald's Game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what we're going to see with all of these nominees, it was such a strong year for horror. Man, It's hard. To, it was hard to choose. And I had a couple of jurors tell me that I, I didn't want to pick because it was such mm-hmm. a, these categories were so tough. And I think this one was one of those categories where man, it was really divided. There were people all over the place, right? You know, I, I, there were other categories where it, well, it was only between one or two films all of these nominees had fans. Yes. So that was interesting.
0: That's true. and But let's, you know, let's just take a look at her performance. I mean, she spent basically the entire thing, you know, handcuffed to a bed. That's very right. difficult stuff right there. I mean, you see the camera up in her face the whole time. I mean, that that would be a, a rough performance to give.
1: Definitely. You know, it's one of those one location movies. I think that's incredibly difficult to do if you're not... Mm -hmm. A talent, and she is. Agreed. All right, well,
2: moving on, we have Best Actor in a Leading Horror Role. And the nominees are Owen Campbell, Super Dark Times. Dane DeHaan, A Cure for Wellness. Mark Duplass, Creep 2. Ethan Embry, The Devil's Candy. Thomas Jane, 1922. Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out. James McAvoy, split. Levi Miller, better watch out. Sao Kyung-gu, memoir of a murderer. And Stephen Yoon, mayhem. And the winner is Daniel Kaluuya, get out. (laughs) Nice. Well deserved. Yeah. Yep. Another That's, just really difficult category, but it was, mm-hmm. and, and you know, James McAvoy, I think really did a great job this year, but Daniel Agreed. Kaluuya, definitely a strong choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, James McAvoy, I think was one of the other front runners here, but it's, you know, and and, and how impressive to do as many different roles as he did in one film. Mm -hmm. but yeah uh, yeah, I don't know there was something definitely about Daniel Kaluuya although he wasn't necessarily my pick I I think he's absolutely deserving and um he he just blew me away you know he's he was electric
0: yeah absolutely I agree with that 100% and uh, and what really impressed me with his role was, you know usually in a horror film it's normal it's typical for a, a character to go from you know casual, good, happy times or whatever. And then slowly, you know, stuff gets real and then and then it gets severe and then they're scared to death. And his his transition through those phases of uh you know when he comes to realize that he's in a life threatening situation, it's just very convincing and authentic. I, I loved it.
1: Yeah, you know, I agree. I think, you know, so often we complain about dumb characters in horror movies. And I think in this film we've got a really smart character. Mm-hmm you know, in our horror film. And I think that's actually very difficult to play probably because yeah. he has to be able to justify and write that line of, I can tell this is weird and, but I'm <laughs> not going to leave yet. And that's hard to do. I would think so.
0: Right. Yeah. With you.
1: All right. Up next, we have our best actress in a supporting horror role. And our nominees are Desiree Ockhaven from creep Two, Lucy Boynton, the black coat's daughter, Betty Buckley, Split, I loved her. Elizabeth Cappuccino, Super Dark Times. Betty Gabriel, Get Out. Chiara Glasgow, The Devil's Candy, incredible young actress. Katherine Keener, Get Out, one of the all time greats. Sophia Lillis, It, another amazing young actor. Michelle Pfeiffer, Mother. Hmm. That would surprise me to see on the list, but I think that's, you know, that's interesting. And she did add a lot to that film. Mm -hmm. And finally, Emma Roberts, The Black Coat's Daughter. A lot of love for the Black Coat's Daughter and these nominees. And the winner is Betty Gabriel for Get Out. Boom.
2: I have to tell you, I love I loved that win because that scene with her mm-hmm. um, is, for me, one of the strongest in the film.
3: Oh,
0: yeah.
2: And and she's the reason why. And I, I really like this choice. I really do.
0: Dave, I'm with you 100%. And, in fact, it is that scene- uh, that, that that won her this in my opinion, I mean, that's exactly yeah. when I read down to the list, and I voted, I'm like, yep, that scene because the camera is up in her face, like close absolutely. up, absolutely, and she might she might not have as much screen time as some of the other nominees,
2: mm-hmm. but she made such an effect, and it's not unprecedented. I mean, there have been supporting uh, actress nominees in uh, in the Oscars who have had a single scene or five minutes of screen time and have walked away well, with Judy Dench
1: and Shakespeare and love sure. straight
2: and network um, wasn't didn't yeah. have as much screen time. <laughs> yeah. But this, this to me was just such a great scene in there and she was marvelous in it.
0: Loved it.
1: I agree. You know, and, and one cool thing, a little tidbit about it is that although obviously she did say no, the way she does, it was kind of improvised during her um, audition and her take on that is what won her the role and the way it's eventually performed in the film was something that her and Jordan Peele worked out together, due to her what she brought to the table, which is cool.
0: Oh my goodness, that's
1: awesome. That's great. The, other, the other cool thing is I've heard Jordan Peele talk about that the scene was key to the entire movie. It was the thing that expressed mm-hmm. the horror. It was the moment right. of horror in the film yes. that was the most important.
0: Wow. Yes. Yeah, I just get chills as you said that, Josh, because you're exactly right. I mean, that's that's where you. You uh, pick up uh, like that. You're you're clued in to something is seriously wrong here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well deserved right there. Okay, next let's go to Best Actor in a Supporting Horror Role, and the nominees are Stephen Curry, Hounds of Love, Laurel Howery, Get Out, Doug, <laughs> so funny, <laughs> Doug Jones, The Shape of Water, awesome. Barry Kogan awesome. The Killing of a Sacred Deer, Aww. Steve... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Is Steve Oram, A Dark Song, Ed Oxenbold, Better Watch Out, Bill Skarsgård, It, Charlie Tehan, Super Dark Times, Henry Thomas, Gerald's Game, Pruitt Taylor Vince, The Devil's Candy, and the winner for Best Actor in a Supporting Horror Role. Is Bill Skarsgård in it?
2: That's it's a good choice. It's a strong choice. It wasn't the one I went with, but it is.
1: It's it's hard to argue with that. I mean, he was so Mm -hmm. good. It's another tough category. It's one that I honestly didn't even think he wouldn't have been a nominee of mine because I just saw him as Pennywise. Like it was. I actually had to remind myself. Oh yeah, that's an actor like doing something really different <laughs> when, I, when mm-hmm. I saw his name come up for the ballot. Cause I thought, Oh yeah, right. that's so funny. Well, I it-
2: mean, P- Pruitt Taylor Vince was so good in the devil's candy. Yeah, me. I mean, he was just amazing, but Bill Skarsgård. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was I, the, from start to finish. This guy was Pennywise, like Josh was saying.
0: Well, and, and let's, let's just, you know, we've all acknowledged this, but just recognize it here. I mean, tough act to follow. He was following up from Tim Curry. People right. didn't even want to see a different Pennywise because they right. love Tim Curry's performance so much. Right, And, and right. he yeah, brings it. Keith
1: Ledger following up on Jack Nicholson. And right. He's right. you know, exactly. a Romero. Exactly. Very high degree of difficulty and creates something totally unique and terrifying on his own.
0: hmm Agreed.
1: Okay, moving along here. We have
2: uh, Best Original Horror Screenplay. And the nominees are Sean Byrne, The Devil's Candy, Alice Lowe, Prevenge, Chris Lee Hill, Tyler McIntyre, and Justin Olsen, Tragedy Girls, Zach Kahn and Chris Peckover, Better Watch Out, Jordan Peele, Get Out, M. Night Shyamalan, Split, Julie Now Raw, and Oz Perkins, The Black Coat's Daughter and the winner by quite a margin is Jordan Peele. Get out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Again, hard to argue with. I mean that I, I think that that is uh a, a great choice.
0: Mhm. And and in fact, I mean the Academy this one's nominated for four Academy Awards, right? And that's um Correct. that's one that's of them. That's
2: one of them. That is definitely one of them.
0: Yeah. Right? So we yeah. can we can see that. Now, uh Boy, so many great original horror screenplays, but mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm surprised, right? I, I'm surprised that the Devil's Candy, you know, wasn't higher in there. But I mean, I I just I'm with everybody else who voted for this. I mean, Get Out just takes the cake for me.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, my vote didn't go there, but I cannot argue with it at all. And, you know, you speaking of this is one of the categories that was nominated for an Academy Award, just to backtrack a little bit, mm-hmm. I'm super bummed out that Betty Gabriel wasn't nominated for an Academy Award. And this is finally justice, you know? <laughs> like this is I think she deserved an Academy Award nomination. I love I Octavia Spencer you. in another yeah. horror film, The Shape of Water, but mm-hmm. She didn't have much to do in that movie. Honestly, she's just in the club and Betty Gabriel deserves to be in that club. I agree. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I digress. Right. Moving right along. The next one is best adapted horror screenplay. Fewer nominees here, but, um, and it's funny. Three of them, Stephen King. We have Mike Carey, the girl with all the gifts, Gary Dauberman, Carrie Fukunaga and case Palmer for it. Mike Flanagan and Jeff Howard. For Gerald's game and Zach Hilditch for 1922 and the winner is very close here but <laughs> Gary Dauberman Kerry Fukunaga and Case Palmer for it it was close though. wow wow like it, in
0: fact very if, close. if I had been reading these results I would have picked the one that I voted for (laughs) (laughs) because it was so, (laughs) because it was so close and that was the one I was wanting, but, but it, yeah, great choice. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah, I, I, we should say for the listeners at home, we, we are looking at graphs that show the breakdown and we're not necessarily revealing what all of those are because you know, the winner's the winner, but Mm -hmm. uh, we, we will provide a little color commentary and we're sorry that you don't get to look at the, at the pie chart like we do.
0: Mm, That's right.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: But yeah, I mean, adapted horror screenplay. Come on. And, and once again, here we have a very difficult task. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I remember there were a lot of skeptics uh, leading up to this. You know, how are they going to how are they going to pull this off this time? You know, Right. So they did it. And the next we have best cinematography in a horror film. And the nominees are Bojan Bazelli, A Cure for Wellness. Eli Bourne, Super Dark Times, Simon Chapman, The Devil's Candy, Chung Chung Hoon, It, Drew Daniels, It Comes at Night, Jacob Eyre, Thelma, Julie Kirkwood, The Black Coat's Daughter, Dan Lusten, The Shape of Water, Toby Oliver, Get Out, Yorick Lassell, Personal Shopper. And the winner for Best Cinematography in a Horror Film is Bojan Bozzelli, A Cure for Wellness. Absolutely. And let me just say one thing about this. In, in that opening scene, there is a train shot where the camera is like outside the train and it's going like getting ready to go in a tunnel and there's snowy mountains yeah. in the background. That is one of the most beautiful shots that, that I can even recall in yeah, a film. Right
2: absolutely it's it's gorgeous if, this, this, if that movie is going to win anything it's going to be for the cinematography but but look how close i mean it was it was um very close and yeah. um there were quite a few that they got you know a, a high percentage here this is a very diverse sort
1: of mm-hmm. um group here i mean i without going into too much very difficult category and a lot of this was probably if this isn't the most divided our jurors were, I'd be surprised because it's very divided, but also, you know, very deserving winner. As Jay oh, said, yeah. I yes. mean, just incredible. to yes. Look, at. I, I, I will Absolutely. reveal, I think the, the one that came closest to it here is It Comes at Night, and that's another just draw-dropping, beautiful horror mm-hmm. film. But I, I would probably agree, yeah, A Cure for Wellness does it even better.
0: Yeah, I mean, A Cure for Wellness, honestly, is the kind of film that you can just put on in the background as just like like motion picture art in your home, like art that's actually moving. It, it reminds me of like, um if you go to Andy Warhol's museum in Pittsburgh, uh, like they'll have like a room where you're walking by and they'll just have like a, a, a TV on and then they'll have like the weirdest, like, <laughs> it's like the ring videotape playing you know what i mean like in, in all, yeah, right. it's just like that but anyway like that's what this reminds you of A cure for wellness is the kind of film you could put on in the background it's so gorgeous and then add this creepy overtone to your home love it
1: yeah and and if you do turn the sound up it will lose all of its artistic merit <laughs> oh come on <laughs> come on right
2: just teasing <laughs> okay Uh, Moving along. Yay for me. I got best art direction and production design in a horror movie. Uh, Everybody, everybody grab a seat. Um, The nominees are uh,
1: the bad batch. Let's do this. Just Dave. Um, There are a lot of names in a couple of these categories. And for those, all of this will be in the show notes just okay. like our jurors uh, bios and, and contact info. So if you go to the show notes at horrormoviepodcast.com, you can read the names of all of these people. Dave will only read all of the names of the winner. Gotcha. How about that?
2: And Fair thank enough. you very much. Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, right.
2: Let me, I'll give you the nominees. The nominees are for the film name, the bad batch better. Watch out the black coach daughter, a cure for wellness. Dave made a maze. It, it comes at night, mayhem, mother and the shape of water. And the winner is: Dave made a maze, Trisha Gum and Juan Sumner production design and Jeff White art Direction.
1: Now, Jay, you may argue that it's not a horror movie, but it's hard to argue that it's not the best. Art-directed movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let me...
1: That's
0: one thing that's hard. Yes. Right. I agree. Uh, Yeah, I got some stuff to say here. So, absolutely. So, here's the thing. I actually vehemently... Yeah, I vehemently disagree that, yeah, I feel like this is not a horror film. However, because the jurors nominated it, it's in the running, of course. So, I honor and recognize that. And therefore, I did vote for this as Best Art Direction and Production Design.
1: In the wow, in the, in Man, the reason I, I have to hand it to you for that—that's yeah, well, pretty absolutely. cool. Here,
0: here's the thing, honestly. Out of all the films of 2017, and I'm I'm dead serious about this, people out there, it out of all the films, I didn't see anything in production design and art direction that even touched. What they did, and Dave made a maze. So, if there's anywhere that that thing's going to be recognized, and you know that it's not going to be celebrated sufficiently somewhere, it has to be here on yeah. Horror Movie Podcast. So, I had to recognize it, and I'm so happy it won.
1: That's yeah. very big of you, Jay. I <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely, <Thanks>.
0: thank you.
1: <laughs> Next up, we have Best Costume Design in a Horror Film, and the nominees were Jenny Baven, A Cure for Wellness. Yeah, it did get actually a lot. Jenny Bryant, It. Leah Butler, Annabelle Creation. Claudia DePonte, 1922. Nadine Haters, Get Out. Stephanie Lewis, Super Dark Times. Natalie O'Brien, The Bad Batch. Yes. Luis Sequeira, The Shape of Water. Jennifer Stroud, The Black Coat's Daughter. And Jürgen Duding, Personal Shopper. And the winner is Luis Sequeira, the Shape of Water. Mm. It, it was an incredible costume hmm. design. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: I agree. Tough to argue with that, honestly.
2: I'm, I'm just looking because that's the one I voted for. I couldn't remember who I voted for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I personally, I, you know, I, I either would maybe go a little bit more out of the box with The Bad Batch, or I really appreciate, obviously, you know, we're dealing with a movie with high fashion, so to be able to pull that off a personal shopper, Seems like kind of a feat, but I think even with the Academy, these types of films usually go to a period piece, wouldn't you say? I mean, it yes. makes sense. You've got to create true. an entire period Totally there, so. Right.
0: Agreed. 100%. Shape of Water. Beautiful film. Okay, here we go. Next, we have Best Practical Effects in a Horror Film, and the nominees are Alien Covenant, Annabelle Creation, Cult of Chucky, Gerald's Game, Jigsaw, The Lure, Red Christmas, <laughs> The The Shape of Water, The Void, and the winner for Best Practical Effects in a Horror Film, The Shape of Water.
1: Yes. There you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. incredible. I mean, I, they, were, it, they were excellent. Yep. It's hard to argue with that gill, man, first of all. Beautiful mm-hmm. design. Right. Yes. But also, what you're talking... Practical effects. These guys did dry for wet. I mean, going back to the early days of cinema to do an effect where the characters are floating in air on cables with smoke around them. And we believe that they're floating in water. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's holy
2: cow. Yes, that is awesome. You buy it hook, line and sinker when you see it. You really do. Mm -hmm. They did such a good job.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Just the Uh, opening, the opening of that film. Is is just incredible the 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 underwater shots. I just love it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And and shout out to the void, which extremely impressive, you know, effects. And it came it came very close here, uh, closer than you may even believe to winning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, but you know, for the budget that they had obviously an incredible job and maybe it's not fair that the shape of water had so much more money to work with but look they they won also i was i want to give a shout out to red christmas a movie another one that would not have ever made it on the ballot if it was just up to me (laughs) i'm so excited (laughs) not not only did it make it on the ballot it got some votes it looks like as well so congratulations to red christmas thank
0: you thank you and 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 you you gotta hand it hand it to Gerald's game, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, really
1: Sorry. Good. <laughs> Sorry. I'll stop. Yeah. That one had a pretty strong showing as well. And of course, yeah, it, it has one of the most brutal makeup Ooh. shots of the year. I so. still,
2: I still cringe when I think about that. Mm.
1: All right, moving
2: on. Uh, everyone's favorite category: best visual CGI effects in a horror film. <laughs> right, mm-hmm.
1: and the there are nom- some that I wondered: should we should we keep doing this category? But yeah, yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> and uh, the nominees are Alien Covenant, Annabelle Creation, Death Note, It, Kong Skull Island, Life, Mother. The Shape of Water, and The Untamed. And the winner is, let me make sure I got this right so I don't make a fool of myself. <laughs> Kong Skull Island. It is really impressive. I, I thought it was really
1: impressive anyway, the uh, the CGI in that. Yeah, there's so much, so many effect shots in the film, it's hard to argue. I mean, I don't think any other film on this list is wall-to-wall effects like that one is maybe with the exception of alien covenant Mm -hmm. is the only other film that that's dealing with as many effects. And so, right. Right. hard, Hard to argue. I mean, I think one of my problems with this category, besides just not liking CGI is, I think it it obviously it lends to just the movie that had the biggest budget. When you're talking horror films, you've got a lot of movies made under three to $5 million. And then you've got a couple of gigantic movies that are made for like a hundred million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. A little bit outmatched. It's a little bit difficult to compete with, but nothing against Kong Skull Island. I enjoyed that movie. It's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. And I'm looking forward to the next entry in the series. I I enjoyed it too. I have to admit. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that 70s vibe it had. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have the best editing in a horror film. And the nominees are Julianne DeRuvo, Better Watch Out, Jason Ballantine, It, Luis Chaffee, Death Note, Josh Ether, Mayhem, Mike Flanagan, Gerald's Game, Gregory Plotkin, Get Out, Andrew Weisblum, Mother, and Sydney Walensky, The Shape of Water. And the winner is... Gregory Plotkin for Get Out.
3: <laughs> yes. Boom. Definitely. I
1: didn't awesome. feel like there was a movie this year that relied on the editing as much as the movies we talked about last year. I feel like last year, the categories of sound design and editing like, really depended on the editor, the sound designer, to pull those movies off or they wouldn't have worked. I feel like these mm-hmm. were all... Good movies with a lot of tension, and you know, and they all had a nice flow, and were, and were solidly done. But I didn't, I don't think any of these really depended on. Well, right, now
2: I got, I have to uh, mm-hmm. just real quick. I did go with Better Watch Out. I was thinking of the paint can scene. Mm. where the mm. way it was put together, I th- I was really impressed with that. I did go with that yes. one. But I, I, you know, you can't argue with, again, you can't argue with Get Out. It's just such a, a great movie.
0: Well, and I will, yeah. s- will say too that, yeah, a lot of times in horror cinema, as Josh was suggesting there, the editing lends itself to creating suspense and so forth. But in, you know, typical, uh, in other genres like drama or something, editing is you know, part of the storytelling as well. I mean, horror does that right. too, obviously. But because Get Out is, is told so well, I think that also it lends to the fact that, you know, it, it's had yeah. great editing as well.
2: And to be honest, actors, I think, really should thank editors when they're <laughs> accepting their awards. Yes. Because oh, their for figures- sure.
1: And some of it's just the pauses in between. Some of it's just those right. little extra seconds of air that make a scene work or not work. Mm-hmm. It is a fine art. I don't mean to. I don't mean to say that um, that any of these films didn't deserve recognition at all. Like mm-hmm. these are any film that deals, especially with suspense, like we see in this genre so much. It's it's key to the films working.
0: Yeah, and you know what else kind of impresses me? Uh, I just got to say about our jury is a lot of times when it's an editing awards category, um, you know, the jury or where whatever panel it is will tend to pick like you know, the fastest paced action film. And so in this case, you know, Mayhem, even though it had some great editing, that was not the choice. And so that I'm impressed with the jury for that.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, action relies on editing a little bit more probably than other genres. But as you said, Jay, this is a very well-told story. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right.
0: So that takes us to best sound design in a horror film. And the nominees are The Black Coat's Daughter, A Cure for Wellness, The Devil's Candy, Gerald's Game, Get Out, and Mother. And the winner for Best Sound Design in a Horror Film is The Devil's Candy. (laughs) Paulette D. DeHaan and Andy Hay, Sound Designers, Supervising Sound Editors. Excellent, the Devil's Candy, and of course, I mean that—that that makes sense. That's a good choice for this one. Yeah,
1: the sounds that are created here are like nothing I've ever heard in a film before. The they created a hellscape.
0: The sound was crucial uh, to this film. It's essential to the Devil's Candy. It's so important. Just the nature of the film, the the sound makes it.
2: Okay, moving along, we have uh, best original score in a horror film, and the nominees are Michael Abel's For Get Out, Leah Curtis, Killing Ground, Ben Frost, Super Dark Times, Ray Harmon, A Dark Song, Brian McComber, It Comes at Night, The Newton Brothers, Gerald's Game, Elvis Perkins, The Black Coat's Daughter, Atticus Ross and Leopold Ross, Death Note, Benjamin Wallfish, it, and Jim Williams, raw. And the winner is Michael Abel's get out. (laughs) Quite a few of the votes there and Mm well-deserved.
1: Yeah. I thought that was a really cool score. You know, uh, I remember Jordan Peele talked about how he wanted the score to be filled with African voices, but that weren't uh, like American gospel music, basically, you know, and, And so I thought that was that was really cool the way he incorporated that (laughs) stuff
3: into the the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
1: All right. Up next, we have the best horror soundtrack, and the nominees are The Bad Batch, The Devil's Candy, Get Out, It, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and The Lure. And the winner is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. We, this is a new category for us on the horror cinema awards. And it was kind of created because of uh, the killing of a sacred deer and the bad batch films that didn't have traditional scores, but rather took music from other places and incorporated them into their films. And, and the killing of a sacred deer, man, that was one that when I was the watching music, this m- the music is insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's chilling. It gets under your skin. And I remember uh, distinctly, when I was watching that film, I was watching it really late at night, and um, it was creeping me out. And I realized, I realized that part of that was honestly that soundtrack. It was so wild.
1: It was creeping yeah. me out. Aw.
0: Yeah. Aw. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And of course, The lore you have to hand it to The Lure for being a musical and creating completely original songs all throughout. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, as well. It
2: was. That, it's, it's a horror musical. This is a very interesting uh, blend there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, fun new category for the HCA's. I'm excited to have it. Mm-hmm. And congratulations to The Killing of a Sacred Deer.
0: <laughs> Next, we have uh, another new category for the Horror Cinema Awards, and that is Best Horror Television Series. And the nominees are American Horror Story, Season 7, Bates Motel, Season 5, Castlevania, Season 1, Channel Zero, Season 2, The Exorcist, Season 2, The Strain, Season 4, Stranger Things, Season 2, Twin Peaks, Season 3, Van Helsing, Season 2, The Walking Dead. Season eight, and the winner for best horror television series is Stranger Things season two.
1: Hard to beat Stranger Things. This kind of felt like the year of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And
2: it's funny. I've I did this is the one category I didn't vote in because I haven't really seen any of the shows on a regular basis. Same. But how how interesting. Just a few years, how the walking ago, how the Walking Dead was all the rage, and it's not even on
1: this chart. Yeah, spoiler alert! It didn't get any votes. The Walking Dead, which kind of surprised me, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, you know, I guess people had their complaints about that series. I hope it ends strong because I, I did love that show. I have not kept up with it, so that's mm-hmm. partially, you know, that's my fault. But. I hope it's not as bad as some people are suggesting.
0: (laughs) Where did you leave off? Josh, just curious Uh,
1: season four, I believe.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm like, yeah, right around there. Season five is where I'm, I need to pick up again and catch up.
1: I was waiting to buy them on DVD and Blu-ray and then watching them like a binge style. And so I, then I kind of like heard semi negative things about a season. Then I just never bought the discs and then, you
3: know, Mm -hmm.
1: that was the end for me. But, um, no, a lot of great series. Actually, it's it's kind of cool how many great horror television series there are. Even you know, we talked about a few years ago, the idea of doing horror on TV didn't even seem possible. When The Walking Dead started, I guess eight seasons ago, people were shocked. How are they going to pull off zombies on TV? Right, you know, but they did. Right,
0: and it was. I mean, yeah. it's strong content. I mean, I I was shocked. Yeah. Like when that started, you you saw things that you hadn't seen before on tv like that at least for me
1: and our jurors really came out with strong support for twin peaks and the exorcist as well we should say and and i haven't seen the exorcist at all so that actually really makes me want to check that one out
2: Mm -hmm. all right next up we have best director of a horror film and the nominees are darren aronofsky from mother olivier Assayas for personal shopper Sean Byrne, The Devil's Candy, Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water, Julia Ducournau, Raw, Mike Flanagan, Gerald's Game, Andy Machete, It, Chris Peckover, Better Watch Out, Jordan Peel, Get Out, and Oz Perkins, The Black Coat's Daughter, and the winner by quite a wide margin, Jordan Peele, Get Out.
3: <laughs> wow. This
2: is the year of Get Out, it seems. It is. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, I mean, we have another category to go. But um, if we got the vote for Oscars, uh, Get Out would be three for three in the categories it's nominated in thus far. and
1: mm-hmm. Three of yeah. the four. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strong showings for uh, Sean Byrne for The Devil's Candy and Darren Aronofsky for Mother, which surprised me a little bit, but that's that's cool.
2: And I was glad to see Sean Byrne get some, get some love for The Devil's Candy because Same. that was my number one of the year.
0: Yeah, I just thought people were mad at Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, solely joking, Darren. Okay.
1: All right. So one of my favorite categories that we do, breakout horror performance. And the nominees are Betty Gabriel, Get Out, Chiara Glasgow, The Devil's Candy, Sophia Lillis, It, Garance Marlier, Ra, Levi Miller, Better Watch Out, Senia Nanua, The Girl with All the Gifts, Jessica Roth, Every Death Day, (laughs) Bill (laughs) Skarsgård, It, (laughs) Jeremy Taylor, It, and Suki Waterhouse, The Bad Batch. Before I we give the answer to this one, man, I just – what a cool group of young, for most of the most part, performers and new faces and mm-hmm. exciting horror performances. This is the stuff that gets me excited about horror movies. Just all of this talent and just yeah, they're really, all of was people – Yes. Awesome just did an incredible actor. job this year. Yeah. Just kicking butt for horror. So thank you to all of the nominees here. The winner is for breakout horror performance of 2017, Sophia Lillis. It yes. mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you can't argue with it, it was it was so good.
2: I mean, I think I've I think I went with Kiara Glasgow for the Devil's Candy because she was just incredible in that movie, yeah. but so was Sophia Lillis, you know, in, in it. Um and and Levi Miller in Better Watch Out was tremendous yeah. as well. Mm-hmm.
1: All of them, just really, really strong performances here. We, yeah. uh, we should say we had strong showings for Betty Gabriel and mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård as well. But yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Sophia Lillis is, is absolutely deserving. I didn't vote for her, but I could have <laughs> because I could have voted for almost all of these. Sure. Right. I agree.
0: Yeah, and, and I think what was so powerful about Sophia Lillis's performance is that she she did the role, uh, I mean, what that role required was for that, that character to grab your heart and get you attached and get you really caring and sympathetic, you know, and just feeling for that character, and, and she nails that 100%. Yes,
1: definitely, yeah. And, and also a character that historically in cinema has not been very well represented. You know, people did, it's one of the things people didn't like about the 1998 was this character and so for her to come in and just knock it out of the park is really exciting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Very true.
0: Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, that leads us to the best horror ensemble. And so what we'll do here once again is uh, there are a lot of names. And so we're going to read the names of the films and then we'll have the winners will list, and then the rest will be in the show notes. And the nominees are Better Watch Out, The Black Coat's Daughter, The Devil's Candy, Get Out, It, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Shape of Water, Super Dark Times, Split, Tragedy Girls. And the winner for Best Horror Ensemble is. Sophia Lillis, Finn Wolfhard, Jack Dylan Grazer, Wyatt Olaf, Jeremy Ray Taylor, Jaden Liberer and Bill Skarsgård. It. Honestly, I mean, that's what, of all the raving that you heard about this movie, people who loved yeah. it, I think what their favorite thing was the, the ensemble cast, right?
2: I agree. That was That, yeah. was, that was the one I went with, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: same. Just, yeah. One of the great collections of child actors ever on screen. I thought they were a lot of fun together and.
0: Uh, totally agree.
1: Incredible. Classic. Awesome. Next up, we have best foreign language horror film. The nominees are the bar. I'm going to help Dave out here uh, with the country and language from Laos, Estonia and France, Loa Estonian and Thai. The lore from Poland in Polish. Memoir of a Murderer, from South Korea in Korean. Raw, from France, Belgium, and Italy in French. Seoul Station, from South Korea in Korean. Velma, from Norway, France, Denmark, and Sweden in Norwegian. And the Untamed, from Mexico denmark france germany norway and switzerland in spanish okay and the winner is raw
2: <laughs> and i'm wondering how many i'm wondering how, uh, how much of that is because people did not see some i had not seen really any of the other films well the lore i have seen but i didn't see too many others and i'm wondering if raw was just the most accessible
3: You know,
1: I think it is the one that people saw the most. It was on Netflix. That probably helped. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I mean, I I loved it. It was in my top 10, but
2: I'm just wondering if that was the situation here because some of these other ones I haven't. And I did see The Untamed also, um, which has one of the most bizarre uh, sex
3: scenes
1: you're ever (laughs) going to see in a movie.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, And the lore has got some pretty weird sex in it, too. Um, I I saw all of these except for Dearest Sister. Um, but yeah, I do think like, you know, we see a pretty strong showing here for Thelma and we, and Thelma has been a pretty strong showing in some other categories too, like cinematography. I do think if more people had seen Thelma, it may have broken through, but raw, I mean, like you say, Dave, it's in your top 10. It was in most of our listeners top 10. It was, you know, it was a really, really great movie. Just missed my top 10 by a hair, by a fraction for Thelma. So, um, just a really great, Excellent film, yep, definitely.
0: Uh, well, I'm glad to see that it won. I mean, of all those, uh, the only one I I've seen of those was was raw, but um, yeah. So, but Josh, I'm still excited to see Memoir of a Murderer from your review, based on your review.
1: <laughs> I hope you like it. I hope the audience likes it. And um, there's a lot of fun stuff here. Soul Station's great if you like animation and mm-hmm. yeah, fun movies. Yep. If you like musicals and then you don't mind the weird, I mean, the lure is a crazy, crazy film. So, okay. Yeah. You it definitely really have to is. be in for musicals though. Yeah. But it's, but it's fun. It's a fun, I thought it was a fun movie. Hmm. And now for another one of my favorite categories, best first feature. And man, when you look at these nominees, it's shocking that these are all first features because these are very accomplished movies we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia Ducarna, Ra, Liam Gavin, A Dark Song, Alice Lowe, Prevenge, Michael O'Shea, The Transfiguration, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Oz Perkins, The Black Coat's Daughter, Kevin Phillips, Super Dark Times, Damien Power, Killing Ground, Agnieszka Smokzinska, The Lure, Adrian Tofi. Be My Cat, a film for Anne, (laughs) and Ben Young, Hounds of Love. The winner is, well, it's Jordan Peele for Get Out. Um, You know, incredible. Here's the thing. That is a a great
2: list of of films and filmmakers. Yes. Like you're saying, it's hard to believe that's their first feature.
0: And I just want to say, I'm not playing any sour grapes or anything, but man... Killing Ground. I just want to know if this jury has seen Killing Ground. I mean, I mean Get Out's good. I don't want to take anything away, but man, Killing Ground was my number 1 of the <laughs> year. All right. So that brings us down to the uh, <laughs> This is the best horror film of 2017 according according to the Jury of Horror Cinema Awards. And the nominees are Better Watch Out, The Black Coat's Daughter, The Devil's Candy. Get Out, It, Mother, Personal Shopper, Raw, The Shape of Water, Tragedy Girls, and the winner for Best Horror Film of 2017 is Get Out.
3: (laughs) So... No, yeah.
2: no, no surprise there. So basically yeah. it won it won all four of the uh categories it's nominated for at the Oscars. So I guess we just did their work for them. That's right. <laughs> well, let's wait and
1: see how the Academy does with honoring that film, mm-hmm. and we'll find out if they did it correctly or not. But if not, remember, or you can come for the truth or moviepodcast.com. <laughs> That's there right. <laughs>
0: That's right, and uh, we we should also mention. I mean, yeah, Get Out was a pretty huge sweep, but it was it did very well too. But it did. It just, yep. I mean, Get Out swept everything. So,
2: but good. it wasn't. But you know what? It wasn't just everything for Get Out because, uh, and uh, it was done. You know, like Cure for Wellness for cinematography, it deserved that. Uh, the yeah. Killing of a Sacred Deer for soundtrack. That's
3: true. You know, yeah. so
2: I mean, the jury definitely, um, it sort of did their uh, did their
1: homework with this one.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean we had that a little bit last year with the witch as well, but you know, and it's hard when you have true. a first-time filmmaker who also made one of the best films of the year for them to not win both. But I am looking forward to someday when we, because the thing I like about that first feature category is to you know, give a little love to someone who's do- doing it for the first time. And but you know, it's hard when you when you've already won best horror film to not probably win best first film as well. Very mm-hmm. true. Very true.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, those were great. I'm very uh, impressed with the, the jury this year. I think they've done a fantastic job. And um, it, it, I don't know how you guys felt. Did did you typically, were were your votes uh, matching what the, the jury ended up doing? Did a lot of the ones that you voted for win, in other words?
2: I think more often than not, no for me. Yeah. Um,
1: but I can't argue with um you know this the selections mm-hmm. yeah, I was about forty to fifty percent, but it was it was like Dave said I liked so many of the nominees that I didn't really have an argument against it. just wasn't necessarily my very favorite, but right. I loved right. so many of these nominees that I thought it was I thought it was great selections, you know, get out is one that maybe I wouldn't have honored quite so many times just for a little variance, but as you guys know, it was my number one film of the year, so I'm very happy to see it it do so well. Oh yeah. And you know, it absolutely deserves it. Yep. I think, as I yep. said on our top ten show, I think it is the movie of our time. I think it's the movie of the year in so many ways that it only makes sense. You know, it would be weird historically to look back and have it get out not be the winner. It would be like when Annie Hall Oh, one you know, won best picture for Star Wars. Yeah.
2: Star Wars. Oh. Yeah.
1: There have been some
2: bad ones over the years. I don't know if I'd never Annie Hall for me wasn't the worst over stars. It was bad, but it wasn't the worst. But we seem to have gotten it right both times. So there you go. Uh,
0: that's right. <laughs> and at this point in the Horror Cinema Awards, we have a, a special segment where what we do is we take the various types of horror movies that we like to celebrate here on Horror Movie Podcast and we've made our own categories. <laughs> for for things. We can explain them as we go for those who are newcomers. But the first category would be the Survival Horror Award. And these are things that could actually happen. And our winner for that is Gerald's Game. One of my favorite kind of films right there is yep. Survival Horror. Absolutely. And, the, and the premise sold me 100%. When I heard what the premise was, I'm like, hey, survival horror, because that's, that's the situation where it's a perishable predicament where the longer you're stuck in a situation, the deadlier it becomes. And that's definitely mm-hmm. the case here.
1: And she yeah. is definitely the definition of a survivor. I mean, she really uh, does everything she can to think of how to get out of this terrible situation she's in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's- and it could really happen to you, Jay, because you, you, know, you like to... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: A of that's that's okay. true. That's oh, true. Oh
0: yeah. You wouldn't believe the misadventures.
3: <laughs>
0: okay. It's great.
2: All right. The next next category is Horror in the Daylight Award, which is pretty self-explanatory, I believe. And the winner here is Killing Ground. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good choice because if yes. you think about it at night, it's almost as if that's the only time things are not going completely crazy uh, the nighttime scenes in this film it's almost everything that's that's insane happens during the day
0: there are some horrific moment this was my number one horror film of the whole year as i've said and and there are some horrific moments in broad daylight and uh, you know just one quick note about that one thing that i think is so shattering is presumably when you would witness and experience something like this, like if if something bad happened to you or something traumatic would be at night, you know, your vision would be a little bit obscured or something. But man, if it was just, you know, in the middle of the midday sun and you see everything, uh, that's just super scary to me. I just love it.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I feel a little sheepish doing Jay of the Dead's Beastly Freak (laughs) Award. Hmm. but uh, this is our award for the best horror monster of the year. And I think horror fans will be happy to hear that. We've chosen the void because that, <laughs> as we mentioned during the, you know, the cinema awards proper, that is a movie that just really delivered some creature effects that are on an incredible level for this, very small budget. that This film had uh, kind of a, very reminiscent of the thing for me, but just very well done. And gross and terrifying, very beastly and freaky.
3: <laughs>
0: Definitely <laughs> awesome. Next, we have the Deep Cut Award. And basically, this is, if I'm not mistaken, guys, this is the like very obscure, lesser known yes. little gem, mm-hmm. the diamond in the rough. And for that, we chose Be My Cat, a film for Anne. Which, yes, <laughs> just well deserved. little shout out to our friend Cake Wolf, who uh, recommended this for us to check mm-hmm. this out. And I, I love this movie. It's very disturbing indeed.
1: Absolutely. Definitely. One of the more unique films I saw this year, and one of the most interesting entries in the found footage horror style. So, very <laughs> exciting.
2: Yeah. All right, next up, we have the Real Life Horror Award which is the horror documentary. And the winner is the keepers who killed sister Kathy.
1: Yeah, that's on Netflix and it's a mini series, but definitely recommend people check that out. Very disturbing. I think for those with Catholic backgrounds, disturbing really for anyone, just uh, some really crazy stuff went on in that case, but um, about as real life horror as it gets. And like Netflix is making a murder, just a really Excellent documentary nonfiction storytelling mm-hmm. on the split.
0: Yeah. And it make you angry too. Right. I mean, that's an infuriating yeah. kind of,
1: yeah. Um. Yeah. Very frustrating, which is good. <laughs>
0: right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Our next horror movie podcast word is the horror happens to those who deserve it least award. <laughs> and the winner is it because you've got these kids mm-hmm. they are going through not only having a terrifying dancing clown coming back to rip them limb from limb, (laughs) but they're going through horrible things at home too. These are kids who are surviving bullying, surviving overbearing parents, surviving abusive parents. Yeah. And it's really sad stuff that these kids are dealing with and they band together and they find hope as a pack of losers and lovers. And that's just inspiring. And, and, uh, but you know, they do not deserve was being thrust upon them. Absolutely. I'm definitely.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I almost I almost said well deserved referring to <laughs> it for getting that. <laughs> that. That would have been weird. Okay. And our next award is the It's All in Your Head Award. And this is kind of uh, our way of celebrating psychological horror film of the year, and the winner there is Kaleidoscope.
1: Yeah, just a great performance by Toby Jones in one of those films where you're never quite sure if you're looking at reality or psychosis. And, I, and
2: we talked about Toby Jones before, but he's just such a, a, an underappreciated mm-hmm. actor, I think. Totally.
1: And this is an underappreciated film, I think, underseen. And so I, I really love shining a light on some of these smaller films during this portion of the awards. And uh, check yeah. out Kaleidoscope if you like a good psychological horror film.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Next up, we have the laugh till it hurts award for the best horror comedy, and it goes to Better
1: Watch Out.
2: Ooh, ooh, I think well
1: deserved.
3: <laughs> yes,
1: darkly funny, just just cruelly comedic film, and uh, yep, one that I loved a lot. I did too. I did too. Very clever, very clever movie as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see
1: a lot of wins for that film tonight, but it was nominated in almost every category, and it was. Yeah, and I, I could have deserved several of those awards. That's totally Excellent. true. Well made from top to bottom.
0: And what I liked uh-huh. about it is, um, it's references. I mean, it there are actually a lot of references in that film, and I appreciate that.
1: And I, and how many how many of them were to John Hughes? Uh, yeah, and, 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 that's and true. still
2: made, you know, which is great.
1: Right, next we have the Thrill Award. This is for our best action horror film. And for me, the clear choice was Mayhem this year. Yeah. And that's, that's what we went with. Yeah, this is a, an excellent action horror film. It just moves. It's so much fun to watch. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely.
0: Yeah, for those who like the Belko experiment, that's something Mayhem they will probably appreciate really well, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, even I think last year our, our uh, thriller word went to Train to Busan. I think this has a similar kind of frenetic energy to it as well.
3: Mm-hmm. It not, it's
1: n- not quite on that level for me, but but pretty impressive.
2: Now Train to Busan was pretty pretty straightforward. This one um, does throw some humor into the mix, mm-hmm. um, but not enough to detract from from what's going on and just the chaos.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's wild. Okay, and then that brings us to our final one, which is the fright award, and this is horror movie podcasts' collective decision of which film is the scariest of 2017, and that is The Devil's Candy. Yeah, we're yeah, all that, in agreement, that's
1: the one that,
2: and scared me on more, you know, on on multiple viewings, which is what really impressed me about it. I mean, yeah, you could make a case for like it. I thought it had some very creepy moments mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of them, you know, for a lot of the movies here. And, and Black I think so Cook's daughter
1: like, was really Black creepy. And
2: the daughter was just absolutely. Yeah. Um, but for me in the end, the devil's candy was my number one horror film of the year. And uh, it got under my skin as much. Uh, the second time around as the first. And I have a feeling it'll just continue uh, with each successive viewing.
0: I'm with you. And I'll tell you something about that film. Um, I was resistant for a long time. To watch it. I mean, it It ended up being in my top 10 list. It's like a 9 out of 10 for me. It was like my number mm-hmm. 6 of the year. But I, I didn't want to watch it for the longest time because um, for whatever reason, the title didn't appeal to me at all. And then I knew it was like a horror heavy metal type of, and that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily appeal to me. But man, <laughs> I was so mad at myself for waiting so long. When I watched it, I was freaked out. And yeah, I mean, it creeped me out a lot. And it's like, to the extent that, you know, this stuff, this is one of those things that could happen, and that's horrifying.
2: And just that opening scene yeah. of him playing that guitar towards the wall in the dark. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's starting there, and that's where the, the unease sets in, and it just doesn't let up.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, anything else <laughs> you guys want to say about uh, the... Horror cinema of 2017. Before we wrap up,
2: no, it's it's kind of sad to to put a uh, uh, put 2017 to bed because this is the end now. Because it's really was just a very interesting and um, entertaining year for horror, mm-hmm. um, and it really makes me anxious to see it. I'm now very anxious to see what 2018 came after 2016. I was a little apprehensive with 2017, thinking, oh, it's not going to match it. But it did, and it, and and I can't wait to see what the 2018 has to offer.
0: Same.
1: Um, I think for any of our listeners out there, and especially any new listeners who aren't regular listeners to the show, if you have come here because you want to get some good horror film recommendations, you now know. Like, if I want to see a movie with really great horror writing, you know where to go. Really great cinematography, you know where to go. These, all of these nominees. Are really strong in their respective categories and you know I think you probably have a good what 50 mm-hmm. uh, recommendations yeah. here to check yeah. out
3: so,
0: yes one. yeah and and we should I mean as Josh said at the beginning I mean that panel of people that you know Josh assembled there these are people who are uh, lovers of the horror genre and they're in different like facets of the genre as well so Leo. You know, horror writers, horror filmmakers, horror podcasters, so forth. And I love getting that cross section from everybody. So yeah, like I I know I have friends that listen to this show. Um, Shout out to like Sarah in Oregon. That's somebody I think of who, who who will listen to this and probably make a list of films to watch that she hadn't seen that were, you know, name dropped here during this episode. And I think that's cool. So I appreciate our panel. Thank you all so much for uh, contributing uh, your nominations and your your votes. Okay, well, that just about wraps up episode 141 of Horror Movie Podcast, our second annual Horror Cinema Awards. We want you to know that we put out new episodes every other week. This is a bi-weekly horror podcast. We cover new stuff that's in theaters, and we have two kinds of shows for you. We have our themed episodes where we will cover a um, specific topic or perhaps a franchise, you know, a horror subgenre, and that's a lot of fun. And then we also have our Frankensteinian episodes. And basically we're gonna be a little more consistent about alternating these, like you know, themed episode Frankensteinian. And the latter is our more of let's like just a, a variety of just whatever we've been watching lately for horror. It's a bunch of just different reviews and stuff. So we hope you'll join us. You can hear all of our episodes, all 141 at horrormoviepodcast.com. That's our website. And uh, we just want to thank you all for contributing and being a part of it. Now, um, Dr. Shock, before we let everybody go, uh, where can the listeners find more of your work online?
2: Uh, You can always go over to DVDInfatuation.com. You can go to Twitter, at DVDInfatuation. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. And, of course, other podcasts, the uh, Universal Monsters cast and the We Deal and Lead podcast. A new episode coming out where we actually did a versus. Um, Took a little page out of HMP and we did the original True Grit against the remake.
0: (laughs) nice
2: oh that sounds like fun
0: mm-hmm. yeah totally okay uh, thank you and what about you wolfman Josh
1: well I'm on Universal monsters cast with Dave and movie streamcast recently I've had a little bit of a bug issue with both of those sites we've got some malware going on so uh, pardon our dust we're trying to get both of those podcasts back up on their feet again as we speak but they both have new episodes ready to launch that are really fun listens and so stay tuned for those watch your iTunes feed you can subscribe on iTunes to that one and please subscribe to Horror Movie Podcast on iTunes as well we appreciate that you'll find me on social media at Icarus Arts I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter I'm on probably most frequently you can also find me on Letterboxd where I'm trying to watch something every day it's not always a feature film but I'm trying to watch something every day and log it on Letterboxd and it's been hard to watch that much Dave I don't know how you do it <laughs> and I've serious. done it for all these years <laughs> Man, it, it takes commitment and effort To watch something every day mm-hmm. it, it,
2: it did It did take uh, commitment and, and effort And uh, just a little bit of insanity too um, <laughs> And I'm paying for it now But uh, it was it was worth it It was worth it
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely And uh, as for me, I hope people will check out Movie Podcast Weekly We cover new stuff that's in theaters Of all genres At MoviePodcastWeekly.com And then just check out the Movie Podcast Network. A lot of the shows that you've heard about is part of our network, moviepodcast.network. Or on our sidebar, if you scroll down to the right, you'll see a bunch of different shows. They're all movie-related, and we're really proud to be a part of this network, and we hope you'll check those out. And um, in the show notes for episode 141 here... We do have all of the information and the links for those who have served in our panel. So once again, we want to thank everybody there. And we love your comments, listeners. So get involved in our community. You can leave a comment on the message boards here. That's probably one of the best ways. Or um, Josh is very active on social media with our Twitter and Instagram. And we're going to get Facebook up and running too, huh, Josh?
1: because we do we're gonna try yeah we're gonna try
0: we because yeah. sure <laughs> we, we do we do have a facebook and it's just been inactive and so uh josh is gonna help us out with that too so anyways uh get them all going that's right that's right you can email us at horror movie at gmail.com and we also have a voicemail at 801-382-8789 you can find all of our episodes as i said at horror movie and we also have um, the weekly Horror Movie Podcast and Horror Metropolis at our website. Um, the subscription is free on iTunes, of course. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. We're on Twitter at Horror Movie Cast and on Instagram as well. We want to thank Fred Ingram. He is uh, the writer of our theme music. It's actually his music. And he has allowed us, I think... <laughs> to commandeer it I'm, I'm just kidding one time he was teasing us about that but um i i have sent him some money before for this so uh, hopefully our uh, you know we can renew that if it expires but anyways
2: <laughs> i didn't know you could yeah
0: <laughs> what what, what so pay for my, for pay people money. off sometimes yeah, some, yeah sometimes we can't
2: pay people off but what, i mean okay
0: and then and then we have uh, Kagan Breitenbach. He is actually responsible for the amazing um, awards music that you've heard. It was totally his composition. We had no idea what was coming and uh, Kagan as usual delights and surprises us. So uh, check out Kagan's work at kaganbreitenbach.com And then uh, I think that's it guys. So make sure you join us again next time for episode 142 Where we will be discussing the weird. Right, Josh?
1: Yeah, should be fun with the new releases Annihilation and They Remain.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so thanks for listening and join us again Friday after next for Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. in a horror film the void
1: wow, wow. that's something mm-hmm. actually that, i don't think that's right jay
0: really i think in it i think so it's
2: it looks like the color that looks like the color to me too
1: <laughs> but the void is 30 point the one i am I looking at the same chart as you guys oh wait, wait no so oh,
0: i, it's I failed green one. Yeah. it's the green there one sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry you're right thank you sorry the blues okay you're exactly i'm such a dork okay here we go
3: (laughs) i looked
2: at the same one you did jay i thought i looked at the same one i thought oh the 30 that's got
0: to be the winner yeah i know i'm I'm really sorry okay and the winner for best practical effects in a horror film the
3: shame (laughs) sorry (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs)